Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Fingeroff, a technologist with the Catapult High-Level Synthesis Group. With me is Ellie Burns, Director of Marketing for the Catapult product line. The gap between what the best AI applications can perform today versus the human brain is vast. Today, we will discuss that gap and the challenges that hardware designers have in their design flow. We will also discuss the clashing requirements of coming up with a generic AI application that can perform many tasks versus applications that perform one task really well. It sounds like with the complexity of all these new and next generation AI algorithms that you've been talking about, that we're really pushing the limits of today's uh, compute platforms. So what are the challenges that um, algorithm and hardware design teams are going to face going forward? And what are some of the gaps that need to be addressed uh, for these challenges in these modern design flows? You know, frankly, the, the gap to the efficiency in learning the capability really, you know, our end target is the brain, right? So the the gap is is huge. While we hear about all these great things with robotics and autonomous vehicles, our brain is an amazing, amazing machine. Uh, let me give you an example of the learning capability of a two-year-old. So somewhere between, you know, 18 months and two years old, children start doing something that is absolute. you, you just don't realize how remarkable this is. You show them how to do something once, you know, often, or maybe even just once, right? And then they start, you know, practicing in themselves. So imagine sitting down with your two-year-old, you show them how to put a block inside of a, you know, inside of a hole, and they go, okay, and then they practice that for themselves. Basically, this is called one-shot learning. And biggest, most sophisticated computers have to be trained on hundreds of thousands of examples before they learn anything, let alone how to put you know, that block in the square. Basically, this kind of one-shot learning is the holy grail, and we are really far from it right now. So, you know, a two-year-old can formulate plans, they can understand the world with abstract concepts, and really it's the combination of this one-shot learning and these abstract concepts. This basically makes their learning seamless and produces the concepts that, that, that they can basically take that you know, from from being shown something once to being able to say, okay, how does this work in the real world? So it's this combination that the AI scientists are still hoping to crack. We're still pretty far from it, but making progress, you know, one little bit at a time. The second thing is the human brain is very power efficient, right? To, to put it in perspective, your human brain basically weighs about three pounds. And to do its this amazing job, it uses basically a little over 10 watts of electricity. A deep neural network, as I was discussing before, like AlexNet and ResNet and all of these, often require uh, to do a less of a task, they consume megawatts of power. So we're really, you know, 10 watts compared to thousands and thousands of watts. So we we still have a pretty long ways to go. However, we're starting to see a lot of value and movement for markets that are uh, inferencing at the edge um, that really must have a lower power and energy, right? But if we keep on the track that we're on, I've, I've read lots of different pieces and stuff that talk about that AI is on track to use up a tenth of the world's electricity by 2025 if we don't come up with ways to significantly reduce this. That's incredible. It would also seem like with all the different applications that we're seeing for AI, that it's going to be difficult to build a generic solution that's going to address each one of these uh, individual end applications. 
Yeah, and that's a really good point because if I think about the same network that it's going to take to do autonomous driving and ADAS is not the same network that's needed for natural language. And so the whole industry has this kind of struggle because, you know, it takes a lot to build an ASIC or to build a new processor or to build new hardware. So everybody wants to have it generic enough to work with all different kinds of networks so they can, you know, recoup their losses and sell it to everyone. But if I'm the end application person, don't I want the very best platform to run ADAS, but I don't want to buy, you know, a high-end NVIDIA GPU if what I really want is a little tiny device that helps me do foreign language trans, you know, translation that's on the on my watch. I mean, I, I can hardly wait till I go to France and can be able to just push a button on my watch and speak into it and have it speak out, right? So that kind of application where I want a very specific thing, a generic processor is not always the best. You know, I want to have something that's very specific for the task at hand, but this is a struggle because hardware development takes a long time. So we somehow need to be able to come up with these new architectures and new platforms. I really am seeing a tendency that they want a very specific piece of hardware for a very specific job, but you know, it's expensive and it's and it's and it's difficult to do. So, you know, we're seeing also, new architectures, it is, it's growing so fast. The hardware development process, which is relatively slow, right, isn't keeping up, right? So we've got AlexNet, which is eight layers, 1.4 gigaflops, ResNet, which is 152 layers, Baidu, which takes, you know, 80 gigaflops at 7,000 hours. Think about, oh, you probably read about AlphaGo, right? So AlphaGo, which is one of the most complex neural networks, it took, you know, almost 2,000 CPUs, 280 GPUs to train that, and it took $3,000 per game in just the electric bill alone. So somehow we have to figure out a way to develop these things cost-effectively? How can we get the kind of performance that we need to be able to do all these exciting things, but at a practical use of energy and efficiency so that we don't use every drop of energy on this planet by the year 2025, just in all of AI? This seems like a, an incredible challenge to today's you know, RTL design teams. Yeah, it definitely is. So kind of to, to close up this section, we, we really are seeing the core algorithms and all these different architectures are changing so rapidly. I guess I saw in just the, the last article I was reading is that the compute requirements for AI and ML right now are, are basically doubling every 3.4 months. Just imagine, okay, so every 3.4 months, I need double the compute resources. This isn't sustainable at this point. And also the RTL design methodology, it's not able to keep up. Up. We can't generate new hardware in 3.4 months. You know, by the time we generate new hardware for a new task, you know, it's obsolete. So that's not enough time to do an ASIC. So somehow we, we need to figure out a way, how can hardware design teams really keep up with this? How can they have enough time to figure out the best architecture, the best algorithm, you know, for a particular application? Because in the end, it's that application that needs to be able to go into market and have a, a competitive differentiation. 
So with the next set of podcasts, we want to really take a, a deeper dive into the, the challenges that AI and ML chip developers are facing and look at some of the potential solutions and methodologies that can help make a difference and help close this gap. All right, great. Well, thanks, Ellie. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Okay, we'll talk to you soon.